What do you want to talk about, David? <laughs> Flightyless thoughts. Flightier <laughs> thoughts. Meaningless conversation over a couple of beers. We just call it beer beyond thoughts, right? Mm, beyond. No, no mas thoughts. No mas. We're just talking about whatever. Yeah. So those of us, jo- uh, those those of you joining, <laughs> those of us joining them, <laughs> we just got done recording at Lost Forty or L Forty, as you called it. You sunk my battleship. It was a good one. That was yeah. a good episode. Yeah, and I've got some time to kill before I pick up my groceries for the coronavirus. You know, hunker dun, down. Dun, 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 dun. So what are we drinking, David? At your house, we've, we've mixed it up. So first of all, we're we're back porch sitting. And um, we are, as you say, post Lost 40 episode released in August. So check it out. And uh, it's going to be. It Don't was, quote them on the August because yeah, we've had a lot of beer today. It's fluid. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go 16 fluid ounces, but fluid. So uh, we have two. We have the dichotomy of beers right now. Mm. So you are enjoying a Slaughter Pen IPA from Bike Rack Brewing. In I North- feel thoroughly slaughtered. I think you should. In Northwest Arkansas. And so Slaughter Pen is the name of a mountain bike trail up there, real close to where the actual brewery is, airplane. I can see the plane they're listening to. And uh, maybe they're listening to flighty, flightier thoughts, oh, meaningless conversation over a couple of beers. The old double entendre. And, uh, what I'm, are those people up there thinking about right now? Mm. Are, do we have coronavirus right now? I wonder. Who are we going to spread it to? So I flew last week, and I was that guy who had the antiseptic wipes and everything. And Question. Lay it on me. When you go to the grocery store, are you still that guy? With the one who pulls the Perel out and wipes it all down? I'm going to need to wipe my cart first. I am. <laughs> and here's the deal. like, And it's so many things in life. It's like, what is the what is the harm in not doing it? Like, if I do it, am I better off? Or if I don't do it, could I be worse off? So I'm totally teasing you for that. But that's my stance on coronavirus. Because as we asked Grant about how they're thinking about doing things... It's the same for as being a pastor. So <clears throat> I'd rather be proactive and overcautious than not care at all and be in a situation where it's like we're allowing people in our community to get sick when we could have prevented this. And that's the that's really the best answer, I think, sometimes to the people that are like, the flu is worse than the coronavirus. And yeah, they, and, but- know, they know better than medical professionals so i was in a church this past weekend up in chicago and the pastor got up and said look we recognize that the coronavirus is a real thing and it's an issue but we are a denomination we are a a religion that's based on embracing those that are sick and you see in the bible with jesus who who embraced the uh your dog dog, loves me by the the dog is getting jules is coming up from underneath the patio furniture to be like pet me please we are a religion that embraces the leper those that are diseased and we say yeah because god is stronger than that and where are we in that and so he he brought that out to say look if you have some issue yeah take precautions but don't let that change who you are because we one of our foundations is someone who will go to the broken and the poor and the sick it to me it's it's not a black and white thing that you can think of it's a complex issue <laughs> that you just don't have an easy answer because in your answer right now that you gave right there was nuance to it and i think we live in a culture or a society that doesn't do well with nuance sometimes 
that needs to do better with it, perhaps. You, are you saying we live in a black and white society that doesn't have a gray? I think we're getting better at gray. I also will say, and I, I was telling Missy and who else was I, I was talking to someone about this. It is low hanging fruit, right? To say, well, influenza's worse than this, and we've, you know, I'll get over this. More than likely, you will. But again, can your conscience live with the fact that even though you get over it? You infect someone, and that might be the thing that causes them to get it and potentially die. And so that's the thing about coronavirus. It's the it's, it's how many people you can infect as a result of it. Whereas polio, you have one or two people that you can infect, and flu is maybe three or four. But the coronavirus has the potential to be larger than that. We don't know. So the r not for a while has been 2.6. I'm dorking out here a little bit. Lay it on me, brother. Because facts are important, really. So, for a while, it was 2.6, or so we thought. Okay. Currently, unless it changes, at 3.4. Okay. Missy and I, um, today she was asking me to send her a link to the John Hopkins, I think I'm pronouncing it right, website that they've been tracking in every country. And I told her, I said, this is really odd because I know that Iran and Italy have had many more cases than Mm -hmm. where the U.S. is at currently. They're not even on this right now. So one, I was like, why are they not on this? <laughs> For some reason. And I don't know if it was like my computer was bugging out or they they weren't updating or struggled with the cases or what. But we were going on the best information that we have. And this is a new strain of coronavirus. It has been around since the 60s, as people say. But this is a new strain. And we don't know 100% as well as we do with influenza and other things, how it will function. A lot of people are hoping that in warmer weather it will not like that and it will become dormant and maybe go away. Right. But we can't say for certainty or even closely approaching to that that that's the case. And so I think it's one of those things where, and this is a bigger topic, as human beings we have this propensity to want to know things, to be certain about things. It's why you see currently the president saying right. this isn't a big deal, um, everything's gonna be fine, and even the presidential candidates saying, while they're embracing the grayness of this and the complexity of it, there's still kind of that hope of, but we'll get through this and this and that. I don't disagree with that, right? But we need to look at the facts and be vigilant in understanding and having new information come in and say, what do I need to do right now? And while we're hopeful for the future, because I think it's a both and. Both and. I love the both ands. I, uh, my wife, by the way, hates when she asks me a question, I say yes and no. Yes and no. But that is a reality sometimes, you know? Like, will this coronavirus affect the world on a large scale? Yes and no. Absolutely. And so... My question is, what is our responsibility in that, right? So as people who are in society, who interact with people, who are bringers of, of truth, bringers of the way, what is our responsibility in that? What is your responsibility as a pastor and mine as a missionary? Mm, it's twofold, really. It's to recognize that things in the world change and God's still part of that and present and to look for times where through revelation or through facts um, 
trusting in others who study these things um, where we actually are. But then also understanding and submitting ourselves, I think, to a deeper reality and truth. And so that's, that's, a, that's a fine line. Uh, and as you can see, there are two sides to this easily of the world is going to hell in a handbasket. So right. I saw a meme joking these, about These like, are the end times. Yeah, or a meme joking about like, oh, I, know, I just know it. This is what's going to lead to the um, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> um, but, but then you also have these people that brush it off too easily and say, well, I know when I die where I'm going. Yeah. There's an in, in between. If you look at Jesus's words and even Revelation, while it does focus on, and Jesus does focus on apocalyptic literature and understanding, it is always in service to trying to help us as people to understand how do we live now, understanding that reality. How are you bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth? But we yeah. we don't do that, do we? No. Do we bring the? Oh, I'm. Oh, here we go. I'm gonna push you. I have. I told you this. I've told you this. I'm Lay sharing on. this with our listeners. I'm intimidated by your questions sometimes. Why? Like, I just am. Like I know you're not an intimidating guy, but no. like your questions sometimes just cut to things, and I'm just like, oh, I feel naked. Like <laughs> you're looking at my soul, and it looks ugly right now. Wow. But I, I love that about you, and. Um, <laughs> and that's the that's the type of question though. It, it's it's getting the heart of matters, and that's good. Yeah. And so, what are we doing amongst amidst all of this that that really helps bring the kingdom of heaven to earth? Because look, truth is, zombie apocalypse, coronavirus. Yeah. There is an end date to each and every one of us. Yeah. And what we know is what we see. And so how are we, what is our responsibility to that in and of now? Yeah. And so I, I don't know how to answer that. I just know that given the opportunity, I want to be available for people so that their burden is less. There's an old Buddhist thing that when you suffer and your suffering takes away from suffering of someone else. And so, and maybe that's just a way to, to help lessen your suffering. But if, if through my suffering, I can decrease someone else's suffering then i'm okay with that because i'm not in it for myself i still think that's taking things too much onto yourself so the the question i had was do we really bring about the kingdom what is the kingdom okay. if you look in scripture a lot of times the kingdom shows up by the presence and the work and the power of the holy spirit mm-hmm. it, whether it be the early church whether it be jesus and so it's not like I just pray, Jesus, show up, bam, you do. It could happen, but I don't have a corner market on saying and dictating where God works. So that's, again, we're getting into nuance here. I like it, though. It's difficult. I like it, and I agree with you. Like, the Holy Spirit is what changes, but do we sit and wait for it, or do we provide opportunities for it? It's a both end. It's, both asking, end. The, it's asking the question of... I think the Psalms are helpful in this. The Psalms, the thing that helped me understand the Psalms, because there are a lot of people that love it and hate it. Right. Because it's like, God, would you slaughter my enemies? Can or, I? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, Finish that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add. The way that I help 
that has helped me understand the Psalms or literature usually or scripture that's difficult is this and that, but God. So, for example. Man, you're all about, like, the prepositions. <laughs> it is, but seriously, so to, to flesh that out a little bit. Yeah. David wrote a lot of the Psalms. Yeah. And he would say this, as in, this is what's happening. Enemies are surrounding me. People are wanting to do me harm. I'm innocent. I, I want justice. And the that would be, God, this is how I'm feeling about this. This yeah. is what I'm thinking about this. Right. I hope that the truth comes out. I hope that you vanquish them. I hope that, um, you know, with the same gusto that they're coming after me, that, that you would go after them. And here it is. This is the term. But God. Hmm. And it's an acknowledgement of, but God is who's really in control of this. But this is what I know of God and God's character that uh, that is far greater than my feelings right now. Not to diminish my feelings and my thoughts and what I really want as a human being, because we we all right <laughs> like my my human uh at, like the humanity of who I am. And this is what it's not like I'm writing it away. We have to acknowledge like it's okay to be afraid of the effects of the coronavirus and as it comes more into the United States and goes to other places and we see more of the effects of it and learn more of it. It's scary to think that we at a level have no control over its spread. You have to acknowledge that. Absolutely. And you, and you pinned it, you pinned it when you said it's like the Psalms, because as David says, but God and the exaltation of God in and through that. And so there's, there's twofold. The but God is, but this is how I've experienced God. This is what I know of God from how I've experienced God in other people, how I've read scripture or had other influences. But it's not just from the past. It's presently in the future. But God. Hmm. But what is God doing in the midst of of my fear? What is God doing in the midst of me learning about all these facts and sharing them with other people and getting adamant on social media for people to care more about facts than their feelings and being overtaken by them? <laughs> but maybe God is doing something new. Not that God causes the coronavirus, please no. hear me correctly, but that God is big enough to handle this as well as our fears and how we walk through this. And how are we open to that? How do we be open to that? It, it is hard for us because, again, we are black and white thinkers. Right. We're dualistic thinkers. We are not patient people, especially here in America. No. If you had a one, if you had a name, values or characteristics of America, what would you say they are? So I've been, I've been doing a lot of cultural <laughs> awareness yeah. and uh, the dichotomy between America and the rest of the world, and we are very uh, monochromatic individualist, and I think we. That's who we are, and that's okay, but that's not how the world is. And I think when we interpret both Scripture and the Holy Spirit through that lens, those hermeneutics, we are, we are not connected to the, the world. Use the fancy word. That's Keep right. Going, brother. Eschatology's coming up next. Stay tuned. But, um, yeah, I think we—it's something I struggle with. It's something I think about is how much of— of the Holy Spirit of, of Scripture is projected on us versus what we project on it, and and finding that 
not black, not white, but that gray area where we can connect and it's a way that's authentic Yeah, through that. So one of the things that I did was I've had pastor buddies of mine texting of, are y'all canceling services Sunday? Yeah. Communion almost is a moot point. <laughs> no one's doing communion. I, j- I joked with our worship leader. I was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be like the Catholics, which I was raised Catholic, by the way. Love this about them. You go up, you take the cup. And that's funny. Like in the Methodist tradition, people that are ex-Catholics, they'll come up and be like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't take the cup. But they take the cup, they drink from it, and they wipe it. I'm like, we're not even going to wipe it. We're going to be like, everybody come on over here. And then I joked, I said, we, we love doing Hawaiian bread. We're just, one of us is going to hold the Hawaiian bread and five or six people can come and bite from it. Of course I'm joking. We're not doing communion. But is this question of as Christian leaders and as a church, how do we, I think the real question is how do we maintain solidarity and community in the midst of social distancing which is necessary at this time Mm, i love that and um solidarity and community in the midst of social distancing yeah for our own health yeah um to recognize that's important so i didn't not take it seriously um but then also didn't it's one of those things my response was i didn't want to I didn't want to come across as not taking it seriously, but I also didn't want to come across as like, we've got to do this and we've got to do this. We've got to do so much stuff where it's like, you have to acknowledge, I I feel like this. I need to acknowledge that currently this is what we're doing. This might change, but this is what we're doing. And so, you know, part of it was, you know, passing the pieces big in our congregation. Right. And I joked, I said, we will have folks that, want to participate in passing the peace and encourage them to only bump elbows. I was yeah. trying to be tongue in cheek a little bit. Um, and I use that word, you know, currently this, these are changes that we're going to make that might change even between now and Sunday. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that. Um, and as we hear more from the governor and our Bishop and many other folks, it might be that, you know, the spirit of God might lead me to do something else. I don't know. Um, but trying to be aware of, What's the next thing that we do? It, it feels like reconfirmation that we are, we are a people of seasons. There is not, there's not a foreverness. There is a time and purpose in now. And that changes. And maybe this is a different episode and a different topic, but I have a big, a new normal thing. Like, what is my new normal at this point in this time? Mm. Taken in context with family and with, theology and with the the environment as it is and so what is our new normal now and how do we how do we embrace that but how do we stay true to god in that so this is since it's flights beyond thoughts <laughs> as you were saying flightyless thoughts yeah flightyless meaningless thoughts. No, one of the things i was thinking about as you're saying that is isn't it ironic that i really you, do think i really do think it's like rain. Actually, it's drizzling a little bit. Yeah, it and it's windy. <laughs> Sorry about that for the wind, guys uh, and girls, and whomever identifies as. However, um, I appreciate you. We as human beings don't like change, Mm-mm. but if things don't change, we also don't like the stagnicity, if that's even a word. The stagnantness. Stagnation. I'm known for making up words. I like them. We do not like that. And so it's just funny that we like incremental change, but there are seasons in our lives and situations like a pandemic where we have to just, it's almost like 
I think humanity as a whole, we struggle to acknowledge reality. Mm. You could look at that on a physical scale. Someone who is, and this is bringing Enneagram into it a little bit, like someone like, I can conquer the world, or I can run this, you know, Iron Man, or I can do this stuff with that. You can, but you get to a certain age, maybe you can't. So if they acknowledge limitations as a human being, whether it, it be thinking too, like right. you could think your way out of anything, but are you really of much value to the people that you're in a relationship with or feelings, which I'm in the feeling, the feeling triad the triad. Yeah, man. Facts don't care about feelings. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like we, we put too much on it, on it, but we just, we need to sit in what it is now. And, and yeah. And back to that question, America values, being successful yeah well you said something earlier about how we as humanity would would value something and i think and this may just be my my recent like serious study on the difference between u.s based everything uh christianity and business and everything in the world but we are we are so different from a lot of different things and how we interpret stuff and i think it's important that we find a commonness in that and i think we can find that through through religion, you know, sometimes. I had a conversation with a, a friend that is a Neoplatonist, I guess that would be the word. And we were talking about what really do Americans gravitate towards? Like, is uh, is there really kind of the sense of being American? What, what would that be? And what he was saying is that if you look at America's history and people coming over, a lot of different nationalities mm-hmm. you certainly have it's the, the melting British. pot yeah it's the melting pot but where we are currently how many of those people have just kind of stayed with their tribe or their people group right and will and i asked i asked them this question i said is there something that would cause americans currently as at least we define ourselves or understand to come together in a way that other nations have in the past um and i have another friend that i was always pondered to this and made me wonder of what will look like when America has land taken from them or is attacked not just on their soul but uh, on their soil but has land taken mm-hmm. from them and the question I think the question remains like America is that an interesting place in terms of its development very young very young still very young I mean when you look at nations that have for example Hungary their flag, their colors. Green is for the land. Red is for the blood that is spilled for the land. And white is for purity. They're Christianized. Um, America has not had land taken from them. They don't know what that's like. They don't, they, honestly, we here in America don't know what it's like to live close to another nation that we've had that sort of relationship with. If anything, we've taken land from people. Mexico. But we've not had land really taken from us. Maybe been attacked on our, our soil. Right. Not to that extent. And so right. it, it ceases to be answered, really. It's a, it's a different opportunity to know who we are. Yeah. yeah. We are scaring people. They're like, they don't have answers I was looking for. We don't, we don't bring answers to <laughs> this. <laughs> we bring questions. Did, I don't know if this is the right answer. My daughter asked me the other day, driving to school, Daddy, are you a Republican or Democrat? Ooh. And I said, well, 
I'm not a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian. I said my priority is to the kingdom of God mm. and to Jesus. And while I see parts in each one of those uh, political systems or ideologies, it, again, my wife would just hear this and laugh. She's like, she's nine. Why? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> she's going to do whatever. Yeah. But at that, man, we are really getting flighty here. Yeah. But I, you and I have never had this conversation. Like, how do you talk to your kids about things like that? I try to never lead my kids on to what they should think. Absolutely. I, I very rarely show my cards because mm-hmm. I care more about their development and mm-hmm. them making them their decisions for themselves. Based on Some people might say that would be wrong, you. you know. Yeah, that's a hard question to answer. Like, you have to evaluate things through your own, through your own perspective. And while people can say I'm right or wrong, the reality is, do any of us really know if we're doing it right or wrong? Mm-mm. Hindsight is <laughs> the 2020. I'm enjoying watching Jules bite on this football. Jules is the dog. I have literally thought about stealing your dog, although we have a puppy now. Yeah, so take him. I don't know. Take He's him. still so cute. Deal with the wrath of the wife. So <laughs> Jules is a really is Jules. Jules is a Frenchie, by the way. Yeah, French bulldog. Jules is Elizabeth's dog? Uh, she loves him dearly. I like him a lot. How can you not love that ugly face? <sighs> Have you had to clean up poop and pee? Yes, and vomit. That's why. So, and vomit! As we digress. What are y'all feeding this dog? Let's, let's bring it back. So you, you've you had the slider, Slaughter Pen IPA from, from Bike Rack Brewery, Northwest yeah. Arkansas, Benville. How do you find it? It's great. Yeah. Is it is it a hazy? No, it's not a hazy. It's just a regular. But it, it's an IPA that doesn't drink like an IPA. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't bite. It's smooth. It's good. But it has a hoppiness that is inviting. It has enough bitterness to tell you it's an IPA. Right. But there's something to it. You're like, what is this? Yeah. And so we never got to this. But the opposite of that is mine. What I was drinking was the stalwart, the blue moon. And I just... I have deep, deep memories associated with this beer, and so when I when I drink it, it's not just the wonderful effervescence of it, but it what is all the memories that come back from what it. What technically is a blue moon? Uh, yeah, so it is a beer from Colorado. It's a beer. <laughs> He's highly specific. Yes. I can tell that. Um, you know, I don't know. So I've it's always, not a it's not a lager. It's more of an ale. I've always more thought citrusy. about I've always thought about Blue Moon. I have to Half be in the sort. mood for it, and yeah. I'm just not ever in the mood for some reason. It's like Coronas. Mm. I appreciate it for its category, right? And I like it every once in a while, but I'm never like ooh. <laughs> well, I still remember the very first Blue Moon I ever had, and where I was when I had it, and what I was doing when I had it. Are you it. supposed to drink it with an orange? An orange. You know, you there's there's this different perspective on it. Like, an orange will accentuate the flavors of a blue moon, mm-hmm. much like a lemon will accentuate the flavors of a hefeweizen. Yeah. But there also that there's that that train of thought that beer is to be consumed as a beer and not necessarily with a fruit, whereas a Corona and a lime is a is a neat, fun thing. But the beer itself is the beer itself. I like it either way. Like, it's a good, smooth drinking. If I'm going to go out and buy a bunch of supplies 
to survive the coronavirus, which this will be the coronavirus episode to be released mm. soon. Yeah. It's going to be a case of Blue Moon and some Slaughter Pin just for you poops and giggles. The worst joke ever. Laying on. Oh, yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> what goes with coronavirus? I hear it's Lyme disease. <laughs> yes. That's so horrible. Oy. That's a that's an that's a topic for another episode. I would love to get your thoughts on that because I've I've got mixed reviews about this. Um, comedy, yeah, I think can push any limit and boundary mm. if you recognize that it's for comedy's sake. Yeah, if someone gets triggered by it or upset by it, I think you automatically get into the territory where you realize, or hopefully you probably don't realize it, but where others realize you're not no longer in the category of, of comedy. Yeah. And so we'll talk about that in the future. Maybe. In the future. So as of now, uh, wash your hands, take care of yourself and remember that God is good and God is there before us. If you like our podcast, get on Apple podcasts, subscribe and give us a review and you can find us anywhere you find your podcasts. What else you got? I hope there's some meaning to be mined from this episode. <laughs> this is the flightier thoughts, meaningless conversations over <laughs> meaningless. extra beer. Yeah. Message us if you found some sort of meaning and what type of answers you're finding in the midst of the coronavirus or what you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>